Welcome back, family and friends. Today we got a juicy one. When parents and children make opposing life decisions. Hello, welcome to Real Talk with Father and Son. It's your hosts, Isaac Ketchatorian, the millennial. And this is the father of three Ketchatorian, Generation X, best generation there is. Hey, hey, I don't know about that. But what I do know is that we're going to be having genuine conversations about tough topics from both of our generations. Let's get this going. All right, Isaac, are you ready for this conversation? This is going to be a good one. Yeah, Pops, I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. I think that it's very important to discuss these things. And I think a lot of times, a lot of individuals, parents and children don't know how to approach these topics because maybe there's a lot of different reasons for that, whether it be different personalities or they're, you know, they're, they can easily cause contention. Um, maybe one of the parties, whether it be the parent or the child, um, are really hard to get along with. I mean, there's definitely a lot of things that go into these differing life decisions that people make and the reactions or consequences that go into these life decisions. And one thing that I will say, and I'll approach off the bat, you know, from the child perspective or the son perspective, one thing that I've really, really appreciated with you and your approach um, and decisions that I've made, maybe that you didn't expect or necessarily want me to make for yourself is you always had a very very open mind with the decisions I made and you always first sought to understand my point of view or why I was making certain decisions and I'm sure there's certain things that in life maybe you didn't agree with um, or things that you know you maybe thought weren't the best decision but you really sought to understand why I was making that decision and I think one thing that you've done really great at is support me really well. Um, so I really want to dig in a little deeper into helping other parents and other children come together to have these conversations so that they can maintain healthier and happier relationships you know, with their parents. So I guess what's some advice that you would give to other parents out there where maybe they're having a really, really challenging time with the decisions that their children are making at any age? And how do you think the best way is to approach those those certain subjects or topics when their children are not making the decisions that maybe they'd be the most happy with? Yeah, Isaac, that's that's good. I think I think for the most part, it all even before the decision making comes into play, communication has got to be key. I mean, we know communication is effective in every relationship, especially between a parent and child. So I think that communication has to start off from the very beginning, ever since they're babies even, you know, like as you communicate for their physical needs, their emotional needs, you know, like uh, when they're getting ready to play with friends in the playground, you know, and all these little different things. You always want them to be able to have um, a good, positive uh, interaction with people that are outside of the family. So you have to kind of continually communicate um, both positive and negative um areas of what they're doing, you know, and I think the key thing is communication. Um, and as you start to communicate effectively, um, you know, the relationships will be will be better and the decision making will be able to be compromised. You know, as they say, sometimes you got to choose your battles when you're parenting. You know, we ex we have certain expectations of what our kids need to do um, and how they should be behaving, how they should be doing in school. 
And a lot of times those things don't come out as parents expect. And that's where the challenge comes into play. Yeah. So when that challenge arises, you know, let's say you have a conversation and you outline your expectations. You know, we're covering three main topics here, right? And let's say with your child, they tell you, I'm not going to college. I don't want to go to college. And you've created a college fund for them. You've told them since they were a kid, you know, I want you to go to college. This is important. You should receive higher education. And let's say they just say, you know, what? I don't want to go to college at all or it's not for me. Um, Or, you know, let's say that you tell your child, hey, I don't want you to hang out with this particular friend of yours because I don't think they're a good influence on you. And the child continues to hang out with that individual. When those challenges arise, what do you think is the best approach to take when the child is going completely opposite of what you told them to do or the advice that you had given them? So let's go back. Since we were talking about relationships as the first topic of what we wanted to I'll, I'll go back to I'll start with a friend scenario. So let's say I see that you're hanging out with someone that I don't really find like is positive for you. I think at the same time, I don't want to be um, your enemy and saying, hey, you can't hang out with your that friend, you know, because obviously I'll know that you probably uh, really like this person for whatever reason, even though you may not see it. So my my perspective is, is like, well, let me get to know this friend a little better. So I always try to open, you know, mom and I always try to open our house to have your friends that, that you have come to our house and get to know them as much as we can have, you know, lunch with them, have dinner with them, invite them to our house for dinner. So that way we can kind of get to understand where this kid's coming from and just to get to get to know them a little bit better. And hopefully we can understand why you like this person. You know, we, we, we always are trying to get our kids to make good positive decisions and we need and we always have to somewhat some as a parent once we teach and guide we do have to give you the opportunity to make decisions and sometimes those decisions may not be 100% accurate and you make mistakes i think the hardest thing for a parent is to let kids make their own mistakes so they can grow from them because if they don't make those mistakes they'll never have a chance to grow um you know, I think as a parent, we don't want them to make bad, really, really bad mistakes, right? It's like, we don't want you hanging out with friends that are doing drugs and you're involved with that. It's like, oh, they're doing drugs, they're making a mistake. Hopefully they'll learn from that mistake. It's like, you know, there's got to be a point as a parent that we got to say, nope, this is definitely not going to be the case. You're not hanging out with this person. They're doing some terrible things. You are not allowed to see this person. So I think there's a point where parents do have to say and put their foot down when you feel that that's going to really injure that child. Um, however, like I said, we have to pick our battles. Sometimes we just have to kind of be creative in the ways we help that child make these decisions. And sometimes it's getting to know their friends and who their significant others are um, so we can understand their perspective a little better. And hopefully as time goes by, if it still is a wrong person to hang out with or to have a girlfriend or boyfriend with, then the child will figure that out for themselves. That's, I guess, the parent has to do is provide the resources and the support system to help them make those good decisions on their own. And that sometimes is a challenge. Yeah. What about with the college example? So, yeah, the college example is really interesting because, you know, I even like, uh, you know, for all of your kids, you know, we started started to try to save early and um, to kind of help support, you know, your education leads. And we kind of ingrained it into all of you kids. It's like, hey, college is the way to success. You know, you got to get a good college education if you want a good good job. You know, we even used ourselves as examples. Like, look, I got a 
postgraduate education and this is the life that we live we've got a nice house we've got cars we got food on the table but if you go to do this type of job and don't get a good college education you're going to fall short of that and you'll have a difficult time making a good life and you'll you won't be able to be independent and you won't be able to have a a good a wife that you can support or kids that you can support so we kind of again set the precedence and the expectation early of why it's important to have a good education but there's always a curveball in there sometimes the kids like doesn't like school or doesn't like to they don't do well academically they might be smart but they just don't do well in the regular educational system and they have a difficult time making that decision to go to college and maybe they just don't like to be in a classroom but they like to have the hands-on experience of life and for me I learned early on I told you kids like well I think the most important thing you need to do is work hard and you need to work hard with your hands and make a good living but you're going to have to work hard or work hard with your brain and just, you know, study hard and get an education that way. So I think, you know, a formal education is, I think, the the piece of uh, that we try to get our kids to do. But an informal education through work experience is another opportunity. But you just got to make sure the children choose one of those two things. Yeah, it sounds like you have a very open minded approach. Right. And you notice that. Yeah, I have this I had this expectation and I instilled these things in my children, but if they don't follow the path that I've set out for them, you're really seeking to understand and essentially telling them, "Okay, well if you do go this route, know that you're going to have to do this in this way, right? Or this is your options." And I think that ultimately that's the hardest thing for a lot of parents that I've seen is they really, really struggle when their children are making opposing life decisions to what they expect their children to make, even as adults, right? And I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought, you know, obviously I'm not a parent yet, and I'm sure that, you know, I'll listen back to this podcast when I become a parent and be like, man, <laughs> I thought I knew all this. So I don't, I don't think I could speak so much as a parent as I can as the child, but I think, for example, you know, either one of two things are going to happen. Either the child is going to follow exactly what you tell them, and it's going to be great, or they're going to realize that the path that you set out for them or that you expected them to take was not the path for them. And I think as a parent, you have to come to terms with like, that's okay. And, you know, either they're going to learn like, oh, wait, maybe my parent was right. You know, maybe they won't go to college, for example, just using this example again. And they're going to realize later on, wow, man, I should have listened to my parents. Like, I'm going to go to college now because now I understand. Or they may never even go to college and may build a great lifestyle and have all those things that you're talking about, be able to provide for their families, do whatever it is that they want to do without even having had to get a college education. So again, one of those two things is going to happen. They're either going to be able to take their own path that's completely different than what you wanted them to take, and they're going to be happy and successful, or they are going to do what you told them, and they'll be like, oh yeah, my parents were right. And so I think it's important for parents to also understand that one of those two things is going to happen and being okay that, you know what, sometimes, like you said, dad, children or just anyone in general have very different personality types, you know, whether it be college, right? They, maybe they're just not 
into the, the traditional school approach. And even though that was something that you were a strength of yours that you liked, maybe your children aren't that way. Again, seeking to understand. Or if they're, your child's going to marry someone that you completely dislike, you know, that's a challenging thing, right? But the thing is, is you're not the one marrying them. The child is. And the child, if the child is happy and that's their partner and who they choose, I can understand. I think we we have this. This is a very, very common opposing life decision is in-laws, right? And and that who their they their children decide to marry. Because I think children have a vision of who they expect their child to marry. And if that particular spouse or person does not meet those certain expectations or that vision that those parents had, the parents are disappointed, right? They're, which is understandable, right? They're like, we wanted X, Y, and Z for our child. And this individual is not meeting those criteria or expectations. And then there's that sort of uh, contention there, right? And there's that, that hardship. But again, it's like a, it's a tough balance, right? Because every situation is different. Every personality is different. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, again, maybe there's certain things that the parents notice, right? Like, hey, this this partner of yours is kind of abusive. And maybe, you know, you should be aware of that. Again, either the, the child is going to learn and be like, man, my parents were right. And this is a very toxic relationship. And they're going to learn down the road. Or maybe... That they're happy in their relationship and the parents shouldn't judge, right? Um, and maybe it, it is, in the child's eyes, a happy and great relationship, even though the parents may not see that on the outside. So I guess, how do you reconcile that where, you know, there's, there's those, those two sort of things of, you know, let's say that I make an opposing life decision and you're kind of left to kind of either let it go or you're going to cling to it? And how would you help other parents understand a, a fair balance between, you know, stepping in versus kind of standing on the sidelines and letting your children make certain decisions? Yeah, those are all good comments, Isaac. I think, uh, you know, ultimately a parent wants, all good parents want their kids to be happy, ultimately, right? So, and that happiness can be viewed so many different ways, obviously. You know, it could be success in a career, job, you know, going to certain colleges, you know, certain having relationships with certain people. And every culture that's out there, you know, every background that a person's grown up into will be will be variable in how that happiness looks. The worst thing that a parent can do is manipulate a child into that happiness based on their idea of what it is. Maybe they fell short of their ideal, you know, happiness. And now they want their kids to kind of, they want to make it up through their kids. They want to, they live vicariously through their kids and their experiences right you know so I think uh, I think that's very that's one thing I, a pearl that I would say is don't manipulate your kids into happiness you can't do that you got to love your kids into happiness and I think the way the way to love your kids into happiness is to give them the opportunity to have a support system um, to grow into it um, you know and I I mean I'll be honest. I mean, I'm an optometrist. I have four kids. Like, I'm hoping one of my kids will become an optometrist. I even set and bought a practice in precedence that one of my kids would choose science as a major. And not one of your kids did it. I was like, yo, what's going on here? I was talking, I was in a conference this morning with a bunch of optometrist colleagues. 
And one of them, two, two of the people I was talking to, one of their kids was a second-year optometry student. Another one was a first-year optometry student. I was like, man, I had a whole practice already for one of my kids to take over. And they just didn't want, they didn't, they didn't, I mean, ultimately, I had to come to reconciliation with myself that none of you kids like science. And if you don't like science, you're not going to get into the medical field. That's just the bottom line. I think even some of your kids even tried taking courses in science, whether in high school or, or college, to t see if that was something you could do. Once you realized for yourself that it wasn't for you, I had to come to an acceptance of that. I was like, all right, they're not going to become optometrists. They're not going to follow in your footsteps. You're not going to have a child to kind of take over your reins as, in your practice. You got to be happy with what they're doing. And if they're, and again, the way, way I felt happy and, and I guess satisfied with what was happening is like if you were as an individual was happy and I could feel that happiness through you, then I was happy. And that's ultimately, as a good parent, like I said once, is for their child to be happy. So I think whether they go to college or they don't, um, whatever, whatever career they choose, and, you know, I don't think it's all about money, even though we feel like as parents, like the more money you make, the more happiness you can be. That's not what it is. It's all about life balance and work balance, work life, work life balance, if you will. And I think, you know, each individual child has their level of expectation of what that looks like. So even with their relationships. So and as a parent, you just got to support that and let them have their experiences. And, you know, you're again or guiding them the best way you know how and if you obviously don't see something that's right you can communicate with them you may be off base as a parent and maybe their child is off base and maybe hopefully you can come to a meeting ground where yeah let me let me let me look into that or let me consider that um i think the key thing for me as a parent is to kind of make sure you look at every opportunity um like your brother joshua was getting a, a new job and a, a big, you know, income boost with a new company. And I, and I suggested to him, I was like, make sure you have a contract, right? So you can make sure you're not getting burned. So as a parent, I got to make sure he's protected. Because again, I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want him to get burned. So I just give advice and you take it or leave it, right? So that's all I can do as a parent is like give you the best of advice I can have. And you take that information and do with it what you want. Um, but ultimately, we, we want your happiness. Yeah, Dad, I really love what you say there about how it's ultimately about not manipulating your children into happiness, but loving them into happiness. I think that that's super profound. And also letting others know that happiness is different for everyone. Like you said, how I view happiness or what I feel may be my definition of happiness may be different than yours. And so what makes me happy may not make you happy. I think another great example while you were sharing this, I know I keep going back to Josh, but all right, my youngest brother and uh, your youngest son. But for years, you know, he played soccer and I think he did like it initially. Um, and then I oh, think yeah. it, it came to a point where he was doing it more for you than himself. You know, he, he did not love soccer anymore and he didn't like soccer. And I think that that initially was hard for you because you wanted that, you know, you were like, I want a child to love soccer as much as me. I want them to really be involved in this sport. But there was a there was a turning point there. There was a pinnacle point where Josh was like, dude, dad, I don't want to do soccer anymore. Soccer isn't for me. I just, it's not my sport. Like he was done. And I think that that was really hard for you at, at the time and in the moment because, again, you wanted a predecessor <laughs> that was a big soccer no doubt, player. No but 
that was something again kind of like with your business that you had to come to terms with is my kids are different than me and josh ended up transitioning to lacrosse which he still loves to this day which he still plays which he's super great at and that was ultimately where he found happiness when it came to sports specifically right and i think oftentimes especially with fathers and their children we see differences in the workforce or you know career choices college choices or sport choices and we have to understand that you know what our children are happy doing or what they thrive in may look completely different than you know what i'm doing and if our children like you said if we feel and sense that happiness in their lives and they're content with their life choices i think the best thing a parent can do is also be content and loving with their children, even if those decisions are maybe completely opposite than what you would have done, right? If, if you had it your way, we would all be playing soccer and we would continue the legacy of advanced eye care. But here we are, still existing and happier than ever. I'm glad I don't own that practice. <laughs> no doubt, yeah, and I, love, I love that story about Josh, it's so true. I remember when he was playing soccer as a, as a young kid and I was so proud of him. And you know, I try to get all you guys to kind of love the game of soccer, had you guys all join and I coach y'all and you know and even Letitia unbeknownst to me she tried out for a middle middle school team and was hoping to make it after the first day of tryout she she about broke you know they did so much running that her legs were so sore and we were just talking about that today actually it's just just hilarious that and she made a, a profound statement that she said you know I was doing everything for everybody else and nothing for me you know and, and said I think uh kids sometimes figure out was like you know what I got to make these decisions for myself and not for my parents. And I think sometimes for parents, it, it's a blow to their ego because they they uh, were trying to influence their kids in a way to help them do what they thought was best for them. But sometimes kids know what's best for themselves. And uh, I think uh, as parents, that's, that's difficult sometimes. And I think, like I said, if you really truly love your kids, you will support them in those decisions that are really they, where the kids think it's for themselves. And sometimes we just got to swallow a hard pill and just kind of let our expectations go and um, just love them with what they choose to do. And hopefully they will learn from that experience. And if they make a mistake, it's not like the end of the world. We kind of all make mistakes and continue to progress and grow. And I think the better communication, as we talked about, we had earlier and, uh, you know, the, the, and we ride through those, those curveballs, uh, the easier it is to continue to, to be positive in this, in this life. Yeah, I totally agree, dad. It's very, very, I have always loved your approach with this. And obviously you've had your fair share. It's funny hearing your experiences, you know, with how, we've made certain opposing life decisions that you would have liked, but you've always handled it very well and handled it with such grace and was always loving and kind and understanding. And I think that as a, as a son and as, you know, speaking for the other children out there, you know, to our parents, that's really what we ultimately want from our parents is we want to be accepted. We want to be loved and we want to be understood just like anybody else, but especially by our parents, right? Because, that's ultimately what it comes down to is if we feel, you know, it's funny, even as an adult, you know, I'm almost 28 years old, yet I still love to hear from my parents that, you know, they love me, that they are proud of me. And I think as a child, we ultimately want to hear that. And 
even though I'm not doing exactly what you thought or what you would have hoped initially, like you're still proud of me, you're still happy and you still love me just the same. There's a, a, a licensed therapist and coach that I follow on social media, Dr. Julie Hanks. She's incredible. She's taught me a lot and helped me really expand my knowledge. And she talks about this concept of differentiation in families and how those families with more differentiation are more comfortable with these sort of opposing life decisions. But those sort of families that maybe everyone kind of makes the same decisions, they all do the same things, uh, they have a harder time when somebody makes a different life decision. So for example, you know, if you all are the same practicing religion, have the same beliefs, same political views, uh, maybe, yeah, like the sons or the daughters take over the family business, right? You're all doing the same things in the same circle, believing all the same things. Um, it's harder for those types of families when one person says, oh, well, I want to do something different, right? And then the families are like, wait, wait, this has been the family business for years. What do you mean you want to go off and do your own thing, right? But I think with the our family in particular, with the Ketchatorians, we've kind of, we have a very diverse family and we've all made very different life decisions in, in different regards. And so I think one thing that's just important to address here, the reason I bring this concept of differentiation up is the more that we create a safe space for our loved ones to make different decisions and be different, the more comfortable, you know, others will be expressing their true feelings in communicating what it is that they really believe or what it is that they they want to do, right? If they don't feel safe in that communication, so we talked about that communication piece earlier about how you have to communicate with your loved ones. The only way that, you know, a child is going to communicate, you know, we see this in movies all the time, right? Like the, the I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but High School Musical, <laughs> <laughs> Troy, Troy Bolton with his dad, right? He loved like acting and doing that whole thing, but he also felt torn because he wanted to, make his dad happy and he felt like he couldn't tell his dad what he really you know loved to do and what he wanted to do and he was constantly torn and i think that as parents and as children we have to create a safe space and allow like leave that room for differentiation and understand each other and knowing that not every child or every parent is going to make the exact decisions that we expect our children to make it's even the same for me right now that I'm older and I'm an adult, there may be certain decisions that you make that I disagree with that I'm like, why would you do that? Because I'm an adult too and I understand making certain decisions, but I have to accept the fact that you're also you know, an adult and even though you're my father and everything, I may not agree with certain decisions you make, but those are your decisions. And you're, you and I are both adults and it's okay if you decide to live your life a different way or do certain things a, a way that's different than me. So I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is just creating a safe space so people can feel that they are allowed to be different and allowing our loved ones to know that the way that we see them and accept them isn't going to change no matter how drastically different lifestyles they choose to live. Yeah, that's an interesting concept, Isaac, the, uh, the idea of differentiation. I think what I think about is diversity, right? So I think the more homogeneous your relationships are, when there ever is, is is conflict that arises, it's going to be more difficult to resolve through those conflicts because of the homogeneity that, that's involved in those relationships. 
Um, so you're right, though. Our family, the Ketchatorians, are, are very diverse in how we think, um, how our personalities are. And that's the beauty of it, right? So I think uh, whenever there is a lot of diversity in those personalities and just uh, just our thoughts and our ideas, our political views, you know, our religious perspectives, I think it's it brings... The diversity brings a lot of love and, and, and embracing. I think, uh, I think if we all learn how to embrace diversity, you can gain a lot of love and respect for other people's and ideas. And you grow better as an individual. You kind of figure out yourself better. You kind of, when you self-reflect upon these things that are different than your own ideas, you really kind of gain a better grounding of who you are as an individual. And I think, I think that's so profound. And even, you know, if you don't have a family that's super diverse and you're very homogeneous. There's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of families are that, but I think it's extremely important that that you have friends and associates or, um, you know, just you you go out and branch out and be sure your friendship and your circle of uh, people that you're surrounding yourself with isn't entirely homogeneous. Um, make sure you involve with different races and different cultures um, and get to know people at a, at a deeper level. And I think if we do that within our own families, within our own communities, the world will be a much better place. And that's what this, this podcast is all about. It's really building up, um, you know, a father-son relationship or just a family relationship, but it, it extends to our communities. And I think, um, again, even in our workplace, you know, all, you know, you know, having opposing decisions uh, with decisions at work could be very difficult. But if we come to uh, learn not to manipulate each other and really truly care for each other in the best of, of our interest, we will be better off. I couldn't agree more, Dad. And I think that what it ultimately comes down to is just creating that safe space and loving one another and accepting one another and realizing that happiness is different depending on the person and that it's all right and it's okay. And I think that there's always going to be varied personalities and uh, differing viewpoints. Uh, and that's what makes life challenging at times, but oftentimes it's also what makes the world and life and families beautiful. And I think we should really just embrace that diversity of thought, of decisions, of processes, and realize, like mom says, she always t- said ever since we were kids, there's more than one way to skin a cat. <laughs> so there's more than one way to live life. There's more than one way to do things. And it's okay at the end of the day if we do something different as long as we're happy, healthy, and remain um, loving to one another. If you enjoyed this episode, please share. We appreciate your feedback and would love to know what topics you want us to discuss in the future. Our goal is to inspire and enable you to have healthy conversations with your loved ones, all while keeping it real.